0: Welcome to the Junction Church Aberdeen podcast. We're so glad you chose to listen to this life-changing message. Awesome. So good. So good. Well, you know what? On Mother's Day, you can't have a Mother's Day without a Mother's Day message. And, and um, that is probably technically quite difficult, you know, because we always want to speak messages which are relevant to everyone in the room. And, uh, and neither do we want to be that, uh, I'm not sure what the word is, but twee, or, uh, <laughs> or sweet, or, or, or that kind of thing. What we want to bring is a is word of God. And, and so turn with me, will you, to John's Gospel, chapter 19. And we're going to read some of the final words of Christ as He's dying upon the cross. And something really important, in fact, we can include this message in our This Is Me series, actually, um, we're, for those of you who don't know, we're doing a series called This Is Me. Uh, and it's a discussion that we're looking at of what it means to be a part of the church and who we are. And who we are in the church. That everyone is looking for their own personal identity. But our own identity is found in who we are as a church and who we are in the body of Jesus Christ, then we are an individual as we are an individual. We define ourselves as we define the church. And and, uh, so here um, in John's Gospel 19, verse 25, it says this, Now, there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister. Mary, the wife of Clopas and and Mary Magdalene, When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. From that hour that disciple took her to his own home. Now, when Jesus was facing his final moments, his last commands, his last words, these were almost the very last words, and definitely the last command that he actually gave to his disciples and it was this O, this is your mum <laughs> mum this is now your son and suddenly jesus takes this moment he doesn't he waits until he's on the cross <laughs> everyone's looking at O now he <laughs> go and uh, he waits till he's on the cross and he gives this command and he speaks to john um, and he says, John, I want you to know that my mum is now your mum. And he speaks to his mum and he says, Mum, I want you to know that John's now your son. Now, this is a really interesting because we could look at this and we could think, Jesus, he's just taking care of his mum. His poor mum, there she is, she's witnessed the dying of her son upon the cross. And true, would have been p- perhaps, you can't actually imagine a more horrific Situation, a more horrific circumstance to go through for a mother to witness their own son, and not only their own son, but she knew that her son was unique, special, someone who was doing something ordained by God, and she had this revelation of who he was. It had dawned upon her um, from the, from the beginning of prophecy, but the full implication of what that meant took obviously that holds time for her to sort of settle within her what it meant for her to bring forth the son of God and so there is Mary witnessing this event but this is not Jesus just making sure his his mum's taken care of you know Neither is it making sure that John has a mum. I mean, John already had a mum and dad and they were alive and they're named in the Bible, which means they're obviously quite important and um, relevant people. The people named in the Bible are the people that the Bible wants us to know about. (laughs) There are a lot more people and they weren't named because they weren't figures that we had to know or understand. But there are people who are named. And so John's... um, mom and dad, um, Zebedee and so, uh, Salome, I guess you would uh, say it, um, they were his mum and dad. So he already had a mum and dad. And so he says, Jesus says to John, John, this is now your mum." And Mary, Mary didn't really need taking care of. She already had four other sons, possibly had daughters as well. She had gone through perhaps more than most women, In the 33 years that she had had her son, for a start, she, at probably about 16 years of age, had been startled to find out that she was pregnant and she had never known a man. So she had, from that moment on, her life took a radically different course and it resolved a metal within the inside of her to be able to overcome every difficult situation. You can imagine that Mary, having conceived uh, Jesus, then having at the same time to go through the whole census, being taken by Joseph on a donkey, on a travel to Bethlehem, getting there only to discover there's nowhere to stay. So she um, then goes into labor while she is arriving just to find that she has to to, uh, give birth to her son in a cow shed. You can imagine... The kind of trauma that she might be going through. James and, and uh, Laura um, going through that whole preparation was celebrating their, their gorgeous baby boy born last night and, and they would have gone through all that preparation but with a sense of confidence because you've got all that medical support behind you all the way. And for all of us who've had children, the, the big thing is: uh, is the midwife any good? Is the hospital any good? Is the is it, is it you know? Is the medical care sufficient for my child? We don't care about anybody else. He's mine. <laughs> is mine? The, is there sufficient medical support? Well, J- Mary turns up and all she gets is a cow shed. And then after that, she's raised uh, raising uh, Jesus at around about two years of age. Um, Herod sends soldiers off to kill all the babies in that area, two years of age and under. And so Joseph and uh, Mary have to take their son and hightail it out of there into Egypt, where they spend a few years in Egypt until Herod has died. And so then they come back and they settle back in and they raise their son. They have other children. And then uh, Jesus... um, lives a lifestyle which in itself would have been a challenge to her because he's not like he, he, her other children. Yeah. Yeah. He's got something unique and different about him. Yeah. And at one point, at 12 years of age, he left them behind as he had, um, stayed in Jerusalem. And there they are looking for him, but he said, I must be about my father's business. He, he, he There he was in Jerusalem. And so Mary is a woman that had gone through more than most women she'd got sons who were more than capable of taking care of uh, taking care of her and these weren't just they weren't like useless or or, or they weren't useless boys in fact jesus's uh, brother james became the head of the church um, in the days of the persecution when the church was spreading across it was jesus's brother james who was the head apostle in Jerusalem? So we have a, a woman here who was who has phenomenal internal strength. Who's been an incredible mum. She doesn't need taken care of. Are you with me here? But Jesus says to John, John, this is now your mum. And G- and G- and, she sa- and he says to John. He says, John, this is your mum, and mum, this is now your son. In other words, Jesus is a lot more interested about the multi-generational relationships that go on in the kingdom of God than we understand. You see, motherhood, in God's eyes, is not just about the children that you have, personally. It's about who you are as a woman, and who you are for everybody else who isn't a mum. It's about understanding that these people, these mums, have a relationship for which we have to have with them. In other words, when Jesus... See, see John would have been a young man, and and Mary, probably in her late 40s, somewhere around there, uh, early uh, possibly around 50 years of age, um, widowed. And at that point, we discover that Jesus is saying to two different generations... Now it's time to do another work. You see, Jesus is looking at John, John becoming one of the most significant church builders that that history has ever known or seen, and he says, John, you need another mum in your life. You've got one great mum, but you need another one. You You see, we have to understand that That in the kingdom of God, God wants you to be able to connect multi-generationally, to have relationships across the boundaries of generations. It's only in the modern age that we have discovered that people have become more generational. In other words, they have become isolated in their generation. And they've decided what is important to them. And this is my generation, and this is my time, and this is the music that I like to listen to. When I was, eight, it's everybody, when they were a teenager, that was the most amazing music, isn't it? That's what, when they were a teenager. That's the most amazing. When I was a teenager, it was the 80s, and they had hair out here and shoulder pads out here, <laughs> and the music was new romantic, and it was horrible. It was horrible then and it's horrible now. Duran Duran, who even thought they were good? Yeah. They're horrible. They weren't. Then they are now. And But a lot of people kind of think that they grew up in, the age they grew up in, somehow they kind of worship that age and that was unique and they want their kids to know how great it was then. You know what? It wasn't great then. <laughs> it was certainly no better then than it is now. In other words... What happens is each generation is trying to identify them to a certain point in history. When God isn't interested at certain points in, the, in history, he's, he's interested in you making history. And for you to make history, you have to be able to connect generationally. And for you to connect generationally, you've got to have, be able to be able to say, that woman over there, she's my mum. Well, what kind of mum? Your your physical? No, not my physical mum. I've got a great physical mum. I've got a great mum. She raised me. But this is now a mum who's speaking into my life. This is now a woman who has a point of influence, who's able to take care and just speak those words that I could not hear or say to myself. You see, what John needed was to hear the words of a woman who had escaped to Egypt and had travelled back who had lost a husband and raised many boys who had gone through that incredible journey and for him to be able to face what was going to be the most epic challenge of his life, for John to be a phenomenal man, he needed multi-generational relationships for him to get there the most critical point that we can understand as we go through our life is that as we carry multi generational relationships of having mums and having dads, having people around us that we have relationships, sure, we don't have to say, oh, you're my mum, you're my dad. It can get a bit kind of like odd, can't it? But it gets a bit kind of soulish and kind of like, you know, weird. You don't want to go, don't go running up to women and say, I want you to be my mum. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, go away. (laughs) (laughs) Or guys, yeah, don't say to guys. I want you to be my mum. You know, know, see, what happened, what we have to understand is that there have been many, many people in my life who's had a key point, key influence around my life that have spoken to me we had uh, wonderful pastors in our church a couple called Bernie and Maureen Howe and uh, Bernie and Maureen um, they're still pastoring today they must be well into their 70s uh, they now pastor pastors and they were uh, they're an incredible couple uh, they didn't get saved until they were in their late 40s Maureen was a very strong very dark very strong woman she used to smoke massive cigars and uh and uh, she uh, and her husband—he was a—he was a police officer—and and he had he had lived a, a life of the world. Uh, she got born again, and then about a few years later, uh, she stuck with him, and then he got born again, and then they became our pastors. And and they and I remember as a teenager them speaking. Into our lives and, and and ministering to us and 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 I remember the influence of this woman. I one of the first times I was in their church and I, and I, they had a, a prayer time up the front, and I go up the front, and I just walk up the front, I've got my hands in my pockets, and like I do, and, uh, and I'm walking, I just go over there, and and, and Maureen, she comes forward, and she, she comes to pray for me, and as she prays, I'm thinking, she's just going to say, Lord, bless this boy, I pray, and, and I'm just looking for all that motherly love, you know, she goes, get your hands out your pocket, boy, <laughs> can't expect to receive anything with your hands in your pocket, you've got to get them out, and you've got to get them up, <laughs> You don't argue with a woman who smokes cigars, I tell you that. <laughs> that was the birth of a an amazing relationship of someone who began to speak into our lives, who who carried us through some of the most challenging seasons when we were in when we were in pain and just agony of situations they were there for us to cry on their shoulders and, and I remember actually some years later um, the church was going through a challenging time and I was running my business and uh, I came into town I parked the car and I saw her car parked in the car park and I was going off to the DIY store and, and getting some some stuff for work and I was coming down and I heard the Holy Spirit say, run to the car park now she's just about to leave, she needs to hear the word that you're going to give her, I didn't know what word I was going to give her, but I just knew that God wanted to say something and so I started running down the high street and as I run, I run, turn around the corner between the, the, the little twitten that runs between the shops and I, I ran down the twitten and I got into the car park and there she's literally just about to pull away if I was a second later she would have been gone and I spent we spent the next 20 minutes and I just was able to download a word of encouragement that she was going through and you see, that relationship that we had was, was birthed because we were literally just saved into a church that, was, that didn't recognize generations, didn't separate generations. We were a family. And because we were a family, that, that is the, the type of age that Jesus was launching the church into. They didn't have generations that isolated themselves, but they had generations that connected and understood each other. And so there was that natural relationship. And we were fortunate to be raised in a church where that was quite normal. It was considered. And so I was able to, because of how she had spoken into my life, I had an open door to be able to strengthen her and bless her at a time of her own struggles or where she was going and how they were leading the church. And And I know that God put them in our lives as, as parental type figures, as, as mother figure in our lives at that season so that we could become the people that God had called us to be. You know, people who have relationships across the generations are people who carry an ability to see and understand the kingdom of God and see and understand life for what it is. If, if, if your only friends are those of your peers then your, your world is blinkered and you don't, you don't have mums and you don't have sons you don't have relationships and it says here in um, it says here in Mark's Gospel Jesus when he was speaking to the church in Mark's Gospel chapter 3 verse 33 to 35 They had been saying to Jesus, they had been saying to him, Look, your mum and your brothers are outside. And Jesus was ministering. And he answered them saying, Who is my mother or my brother? And he looked around in a circle at those who sat about him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and mother. Now that's extraordinary revelation of how Jesus views the life of the church, and incredibly humbling from Jesus. Jesus is saying to the the, the women who were there, who were mothers, saying, "You do the will of God. You're a mum in my life too." So Jesus was looking for mother figures, but who, what made him, what made them family? Was believing in Jesus Christ. What made them family was if we believe in Him, then we are brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers. And that is one of the most important things to understand about the church. And when I said that's why you can see and understand, I could include this message in the This Is Me series because who am I? Well, I'm a brother. And I'm not your mother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a brother, and you're my brother. You're my sister. You're my, you're my mother. Why? Because we're here to serve God, to give Him our heart and give our lives. And as we serve Him, God gives us family. It's possible today that you don't have family. You've lost your mum and dad. I've lost my mum and dad, and I don't have close. I have brothers, but I don't have mum and dad, but I have no shortage of mums and dads. I've got no shortage of, of people who've been there, done that, seen it, have walked those trials ahead of me. And that's what keeps me sane. It's what keeps my feet on the ground. It's what enables me to fulfill the call of God upon my life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you called us here in this place to worship you, to understand who you are, and to be a part of your family. And I pray right now for each member of this church and each person who is here today, if they're a visitor here today, I thank you for them, Lord. I pray, Father, your blessing and your revelation be upon them as they begin to understand you called them not to be just an individual, but to be part of the family. And I thank you, Lord, that you're here to unite hearts together. A people across such amazing social gaps. Where society would separate, you have joined together. Where generations have separated, you have made one. I thank you, Father, that you have given us mums. I thank you, Father, you've given us people who can speak and just love into our lives that give us that strength and that metal we need to overcome. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. For more information about the church, visit us online at www.thejunctionchurch.com or come along and see for yourself in one of our services.